Thank you for listening, and welcome back to The Bruce Woolley Show. I'm Jack Windsor, Editor-in-Chief of The Ohio Press Network. That sound can mean only one thing, that uh, our next guest is the Bob France from Always Right Radio. Bob, welcome back to the Bruce Woolley Show. How are you today, sir? Always a pleasure, and what an amazing greeting that was from Cyrus. I certainly appreciate that. Absolutely, man. I'm, I only, I'm only stealing it from you for you, so just so you know. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I, uh, I respect that greatly. You are welcome to use it anytime you like. Uh, I don't know why that grabbed me when it did, but but I've been in radio for about 25 years, and I've been playing that. When I used to do football highlights, when I used to do you know sports radio, I worked in the NFL on the Raiders radio network. Anytime I got a chance to play that, I played it. And uh, I don't know why. It's just something to me and a few of my friends. Just you know, The Warriors is a cult classic movie, and yep. if you know it, you've seen it, you understand it. If you uh, if you haven't. You probably don't get it, but uh, but it's an awful lot of fun. Sometimes. Well, r- real quick on that, I didn't realize. So, uh, you know, I <laughs> your radio show was uh, one of the first shows I ever went on when I was asking Mike DeWine questions uh, back a few years ago. <laughs> and you played that one of the first times I came on air. And I, I'll never forget on social media, people are like, wow, that's a big deal, man. And so, uh, yeah, it's a special thing. And uh, thanks for turning me <laughs> on to it. Um, hey, yeah, yeah, good let's get let's get down to business, man. Uh, we got we've got a lot to talk about. I think uh, one of uh, a passion point that you and I both share is issue one, and particularly the, the just the gross inaccuracies, uh, the, the press spreading misinformation. Uh, I'm going to tee it up that way. Um, what do you got on issue one? Uh, what's on your heart and mind today to talk about? Well. You know, I, I've been very frustrated by the pro-issue one people who are trying to say that we, the supposed conservatives, are, uh, you know, trying to impose big government into people's lives, trying to force big government into making decisions for, for people, uh, which, you know, we are, you know, calling us hip- hypocrites for doing this, suggesting that, you know, if we oppose big government, why would we want the government to tell a woman what she can do and what decisions she can make when she's pregnant? And what bothers me about it is just the, the complete, um, I, I don't know, the, the, the short-sightedness of this. We don't think that there shouldn't be any government and that there should be no laws, quite frankly. I think I would not want to live in a country where it was legal um, in the name of keeping government out of your face to kill people. Mm-hmm. I think it's a pretty big thing. I think, I think, uh, I think civility dictates in any civilization, there's the root word, um, you know, that, that there should be things that stop us from harming other people. Um, I don't think that's a violation of conservative small government principles to say that we shouldn't be allowed to kill one another, you know, in the name of uh, keeping the government out of it. And that's what happens in abortion. Abortion is in the intentional killing of another life, particularly once we get past the heartbeat phase. And, you know, a lot of people debate the heartbeat bill and the heartbeat law, and it's been you know, uh, it, there's an injunction against it right now, and we don't know how it's going to turn out when it gets to the Ohio Supreme Court. But particularly once you get into the heartbeat phase where we now have another being because the heart is beating of another another life, another body. And to me, it should be just as illegal to kill, you know, a two-year-old child as it is a six-month gesta- gestational child or a five-month gestational child once a child especially is pain-capable and so forth. So, it is not, as the pro-issue one side people like to say, 
you know, controversial or hypocritical or suggesting that we do support big government to say that we don't think people should be allowed to kill other people. And yes, a child is another person, whether it's on one side of the birth canal or on the other side. You know, it's interesting to me. I'm on social media a lot. I know we're on a lot together on on several posts and and things. But oftentimes I'll get a Ruth, uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg person, you know, and notoriously has some like lace neck thing that on a profile picture. So you're like, okay. And it's an RBG person who is going to talk about abortion and inevitably they do. And they talk about it, as you said, from a woman's body, a woman's health care decision vantage point. But you know, even Ruth Bader Ginsburg said, if this became a 14th amendment issue, this is a, this is a totally different conversation to me. That's why they don't want to talk about when life begins, because once that's decided, the 14th Amendment protects that child's life. And it's interesting to me. They're making, to me, this is a straw man argument, whether it's six weeks or 15 weeks. We know at 15 weeks and beyond, 73% of Americans don't believe that abortion should should be limitless, right? But this is not right. even that. This, this amendment is so broad and outside of that. But they're going back and they're making a deal about this. Well, is it six? Is it 15? Um, another straw man argument. And it drives me nuts, Bob. But you're right. There's a different heartbeat. There's a different blood profile and there's a different DNA. It's a different body. Do you think we'll ever get to the point where we talk about that? We decide what life is and then we have this 14th Amendment protection to equal protection under the law. Well, I think that's always talked about, and it's just disagreed upon, obviously. They don't believe that even, you know, you hear the argument, well, it may have a heartbeat, but it doesn't have a brain, or at least not a brain form, formative enough to understand. It's not a sentient being, and so therefore it doesn't have the rights of protection that other, you know, that, that sentient beings do. Which, of course, is, a, is another ridiculous argument, because then you get into what about people in a coma? They're no longer sentient. Does that mean you should just be able to kill them off uh, because of the inconvenient factor of it? And that's the that's what this is, obviously, in the abortion situation. But, you know, I want to hit something else about yeah. the six versus six. About a minute and a half, Bob. So it's all yours. Okay. Go. Yep. Well, super, super quick on the six week thing. People say, you know, and then the entire issue on, you know, if you think of a child that is molested and that is raped uh, or a woman that is raped should have to carry their baby. And I what are you talking about? If the heartbeat law is, is indeed allowed to take effect, if it is supported and upheld by the Supreme Court, you still have six weeks to be on the stick. If you get raped, or if a child gets raped, God forbid that that happens, but we know that it does. You have six weeks, it's a month and a half, pee on a stick and find out if pregnancy occurred. If an unintentional, unplanned, particularly if it was a force of uh, the act of rape, happened, you still, under a heartbeat law situation, have roughly six weeks to find out. And then if you find out, oh my gosh, a pregnancy occurred, and, and then I don't want to carry a rapist baby and all of the other language that goes into effect here, you have six weeks to, to take care of that procedure at that point in time. Um, so the idea that you know we're saying that anybody who's raped has to carry their rapist baby forever, and any child that's molested or a victim of, um, you know, of, of some sort of sex abuse or some sort of... Uh, uh, excuse me, uh, incestual situation, you know, they have to care. That's not true. You have six weeks, by the way, regardless of what the circumstances are, no matter who you are. And then obviously we have a different situation once we get into 15 weeks and 20 weeks in viability. He's Bob France, and uh, he's the guy uh, at, on 1420 in Cleveland that you need to listen to every day. You're on from, is it 930 to 1130? Nine, 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 to, nine, nine to noon. Nine, nine to, to noon. 
five of me to say 90 minutes for the sake of the convenience. And, uh, and I'll tell you what, my friend, down there in Columbus, here in, in, in Cleveland, pray, 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 and get out and vote early. Don't wait until Election Day. Cast that vote against issue one early. Thank you, Bob. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for all the great commentary. Stay tuned for the final segment of The Bruce Hooley Show. Time flies when you're having fun. I'm having a great time with you. I hope you're enjoying it. Thank you for tuning in to 98.9 FM, The Answer, The Bruce Hooley Show. I'm Jack Windsor, and I want to thank Kevin Ryder. He's a candidate for Delaware City Council, Ward 4. Thank you for spending some time with us today. Matt Cook, a Columbus-based attorney, small business owner, and spokeswoman for Protect Women Ohio, talked about Ohio Issue 1. Bob Clegg, he's a Republican strategist. He weighed in on Issue 1 and the chaos that is the Biden administration. And uh, let's see, who else did we have? Uh, Bob France, fantastic job talking about Issue 1 and uh, the fact that it's not a woman's body. There's a baby in there, a separate blood profile, separate heartbeat, separate DNA. And then Bill Henderley, Liberty Township trustee candidate, talked to us today about his plan for responsible growth and management there in Liberty Township. Tomorrow is ooh, tomorrow's Halloween, October 31st. And we will have with us Kate LeMaster, Hilliard City School Board candidate. And then on Wednesday... Wednesday, we will have Congressman Warren Davidson. We were finally able to get him rebooked. He was going to join us last Friday, but they had a House vote that he needed to tend to. So he did that. I'm also working on U.S. Senator J.D. Vance. He has uh, a lot going on. He just put an amendment into a minibus bill, easy for me to say, in the U.S. Senate that passed that would uh, prohibit the federal government from requiring masks on federal transportation. He also is a vehement opponent to conflating or combining Ukraine funding with Israel funding and has done nothing but follow up on what's going on in East Palestine and making sure that the EPA, state and federal, uh, those folks are keeping up to speed with what is in the ground, what is in the water, what's in the air, and making sure that uh, things are being done to protect the citizens of East Palestine. So I'd like to talk to Senator Vance and, and get his update on everything those matters, as well as what he thinks about Ohio issue one. I don't know if you if you saw it, but he he tweeted over the weekend that he is opposed to issue one, which is not surprising to me. Um, and uh, also want to get his input on the 2024 U.S. Senate race. He has endorsed Bernie Marino, of course, who is a Cleveland area businessman, but also now lives in Columbus and is a political outsider. That race is is really tight, and uh, all of those candidates are either neck and neck or leading lifetime politician Sherrod Brown, who is the Democrat candidate in 2024. So uh, tomorrow, I want to talk with you a little bit more, and I'm going to tee it up right now. We've got a few minutes. But uh, over the weekend, I released a story at the Ohio Press Network that uh, talked about the major news outlet helping spread misinformation by Ohio issue one backers and diving into the truth about what the Associated Press published and also their quote experts end quote who have contributed 342 times to Democrat 
campaigns uh, almost exclusively to Democrats. Now, I'm not saying that the people that we talk to aren't Republicans or don't have a position, but they're not necessarily uh, portrayed or positioned as people who are unbiased or don't have a dog in the fight. Interestingly enough, the same day that I published that report, the AP published another report, uh, two writers. This story has one of the writers from the one that I pushed back on. And the headline is misinformation is flowing ahead of Ohio abortion vote. (laughs) You don't say Uh, some is coming from a legislative website. Now you'll remember that I talked with Senate president, Matt Huffman a few weeks back, and he shared with us that the state Senate has a website and that website contains blog posts from senators. It contains uh, episodes of podcasts that they produce because he feels like and senators in the upper chamber feel as if the press really thwarts what they're trying to convey to voters. And so they've created a spot on this website. And of course, now the AP is going apoplectic because the Senate is a government entity. And guess what? When you go out to Google and you type something in, the search engine return page gives greater priority to, to government websites. So they're losing their minds on this one, right? Because Republicans control the Senate, and now they're publishing information about issue one that is getting, uh, I don't know, what, uh, fair returns. It's, it's actually being displayed higher in uh, the return pages, and they don't like that. They don't like that at all. So uh, the report says the inflammatory language Targeting a reproductive rights measure. And by the way, this is not just a reproductive rights measure, Julie Carr Smith and Christine Fernando. That is a blatant misrepresentation of this amendment. It is abortion and it is gender care. So if you're going to use words and you're going to throw stones at other people when you live in a glass house, don't don't be surprised – when what you write breaks, okay? Um, the ballot measure has inflammatory language, they write, and messaging that is common in the closing weeks of a highly contested initiative campaign. Warning of, quote, abortion on demand, end quote, or dismemberment or fully conscious children being aborted if voters approve it. Only the messaging isn't just coming from anti-abortion groups that oppose the constitutional amendment, It's being promoted on the official government website of the Republican-controlled Ohio Senate. And because the source is a government website, the messaging is being prioritized in online searches for information about issue one, the question going before Ohio voters November 7th to enshrine abortion access in the state constitution. It's not only enshrining abortion access. It is allowing abortion doctors to recommend and perform abortions for matters of health Health is not defined in the proposed amendment. United States Supreme Court already said if health is not defined, here's what we define that as. And it's financial, emotional, societal, mental, psychological, fill in the blank. So essentially for any reason, an abortion doctor can decide, even after viability, that that abortion is okay. It also contains a word individual and the phrase reproductive health. Individual is neither defined as male or female, 
minor or adult. And again, if it's not defined, the court gets to interpret what that means. Reproductive health, you tell me that a child taking puberty blockers or hormones, that that doesn't affect that minor's reproduction capability. Or getting a body part lopped off doesn't affect that child's reproductive capability. So AP, if you're going to call it, call it. The On the Record blog on the State Senate website is billed as an online newsroom presenting the views the news excludes. It features attacks against Ohio news outlets, op-ed-style columns by Republican state senators, and content generated by members of the Senate's majority communication staff and other noted conservatives. Be confident that here you will find a place for facts, values, and reason, read the announcement when Republican lawmakers, lawmakers launched the feature in September, shortly after Ohio voters rejected a Republican attempt to make it far more difficult to pass a constitutional amendment. Okay. Um, The amendment didn't seek to make it far more difficult. Can we just talk about that for a minute? We're almost out of time, but it would have required a 60% approval threshold to amend the constitution. Right now it's 50% plus one voter. Um, It takes two thirds to amend the United States constitution. Ohio is one of a handful, 18 states that would allow their citizens to initiate a constitutional amendment. And 60% is in the ballpark with other states. So again, dog whistle words, right? Far more difficult groups backing the proposed amendment say it's an improper use of taxpayer supported website while experts who study online misinformation said the effort by Republican lawmakers appeared to be unprecedented. Well, I can't wait to look at who these experts are that are weighing in on the matter. Because the last time we looked at who the experts were, we found that they contributed 342 times to Democrats. Where's that in this article? I don't see it because they're talking a lot about Republican-controlled Senate. They're talking about conservatives. But they're not saying, hey, the last article that we threw over to you that talked about issue one – it was, it was fraught with, with, with advice and input from experts who are hardcore Democrats. Hey, we're going to talk about this more because I can't stop talking about it because it matters. And you know what else matters? You do. And your being here matters. And I'm really grateful for it. I hope you will tune in again tomorrow on 98.9 FM, The Answer, The Bruce Hooley Show. I'm Jack Windsor, and I'll be riding shotgun with you tomorrow. So uh, thanks for making it a day with me, and uh, we'll chat with you tomorrow. Have a great rest of your day.